What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks, I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Joe Gorman. <sighs> oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you for having me, man. What's up, dude? Not much, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad to be here. I'll plug everything up front before we get too far into it. You have your podcast, your social media. Let everybody know where they can find you. All right. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and most importantly, Threads. Okay. We're on threads. We're on the right side of history. Yeah. And, and you can follow me under at Joe W. Gorman. That, that's all you need to do. Joe you W. Gorman? Yeah. You type that in, you're going to find a good guy. All right. If you type in Joe Gorman, you'll find a, a priest who's building houses in Africa. Ugh. Yikes, dude. Come on. Give me my handle, Joe Gorman. So I'm Joe W. <laughs> Gorman. Uh, and I got my, I have a podcast. I do a podcast you with do. My, my buddies. Matt Marin and Bobby Sheehan. Matt Marin, friend of the show. Yo, good friend of mine, dude. Hell yeah, yeah dude. So I, I do a podcast with those guys, Locker Room Talk. You can support us on patreon.com slash just some locker room talk. Okay. What a, what a timeless bit that is, huh? <laughs> it's, it's I love coming... how you talk about how you're like, if you want to find a good guy, look up Joe W. Gorman. Then yeah. you're like, by the way, my podcast insinuates, the yeah. title insinuates we talk about inexplicable things absolutely that it just keeps us safe what is the podcast about just three guys chilling okay we, we record in my uh apartment that's awesome so that that's what we do we're just on the couch kicking it my dog and cat show up they're they're in, in many ways uh fourth and fifth mic as i say they're a part of the show uh, the audience gets mad if they're not there really yeah ah, that's hilarious they've, they've built a little fan base that's they awesome just, yeah they have a, it's a very cat dog dynamic where they fight with each other for my attention do they really oh yeah oh yeah it's primal that's how pets can be sometimes oh yeah you have one well we had the dog first uh finny and uh then then our cat babastus joined in babastus babastus dude so now he took away some of the love for finny because as you know love is love is finite baby. oh it is energy there's only so much to go around destroyed yeah. it's only enough <laughs> there's only so much dude. that's why i like those you know families that have multiple kids one of those kids is getting loved. Who and one is not. Diminishing returns on kids for sure. Yeah. There's no I can say this as someone that does not have children. Diminishing returns <laughs> I on I can kids. say this as someone who is one of four. Yeah. So. Which one were you? Oldest or uh youngest, youngest. or middle? Oh, the young well, you, you got I'm, away with shit though. I'm man. a twin. Oh. Yes. Younger or older of the twins? Older. Oh, nice. And my twin sister gets so mad because I call her my baby sister. She's like, we're 30 minutes apart. I'm like, that's a millennia in twin numbers. Yeah, that's the way. It for, it's like, um, yeah, it's exactly like that, where each minute you're older is is even more power to oh, you. Oh, it's, yeah. And I'm 6'1", and she's like 4'11". Oh, there you go, dude. Yeah. Kick her ass anytime. Crush her like a worm, <laughs> as they say in Braveheart. I wanted to have you on because we ran into each other a couple days ago. And I was like, fucking Joe has not been on. You were a part of one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had in comedy. And I yeah. talked about it at the mic. But the, the roast, and the listeners know, because when it happened, I, genu I genuinely was questioning everything about my comedy career, my life, <laughs> all of it. And then when I saw you, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get Joe on the podcast. So I wanted to have you on. Tell the listeners, like, kind of, because you're not from New York, are you? No, I'm not. I. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. How you got to New York, how you got into comedy, that whole thing. I got into comedy uh, at, a, at a young age. Okay. Uh, 
I was one of those kids that like kind of like discovered theater around middle school. Yeah. You know, where you kind of are like, what am I doing? So I, uh, I grew up. How did you discover theater? Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Leavenworth, Kansas, originally. Like my dad was in the army. So he okay. worked in Fort Leavenworth uh, and we lived in the uh, adjacent city, Leavenworth. Uh, it's really more of a town. Like very, very less city, more town. You know, when uh, Jason Aldean was talking about try that in a small town. Yeah. He was talking about Leavenworth, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. We take care of our own. I honestly had no idea what was going on with that. I just saw the memes and the gifts and everything. And then somebody talked about it. It might have been you. Somebody talked about it at a mic and I was like, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. It was me, baby. You know, I'm breaking news. Yeah. You know how I start my set? I feel like Ari. I get my news from like shows. Well, I begin every set with extra, extra. Read all about it. (laughs) To, you know, kind of tantalize the audience into paying attention a little different. Yeah, uh, but no, I grew up. I grew up in a small town, and it sucks because like everyone that grew up in a small town, they either stayed in a small town and need to delude themselves mm-hmm. into thinking it's a good choice to stay in a small town, or they moved to New York or another major yeah. city, Chicago, you know? LA, Chicago, Atlanta. exactly. I've actually. It's interesting you say that because I grew. I went to high school in a, a small town called Port Orange outside of uh, Daytona. And it's this is the reason I love Facebook is because so many people that I grew up with like just stayed, which is good for them. They have families now and like mm-hmm. they got their lives going on and stuff. But it's like like I look out my window and I'm like, oh, that's the one of the greatest cities humankind has ever known. And they're like still going to Buffalo Wild Wings on Thursdays. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, no, I mean, no shade at all. I would love to have that life, but I'm just like, eh. It's always like a grass greener on the other yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, oh, their their mortgage is probably like seven hundred dollars, and they yeah. have this beautiful home, and I'm paying like triple that for a one bedroom, for a bedroom and a three bedroom apartment with random roommates. So who really won? You know, but you get to be the greatest comedian in New York City. Yeah, of, and they they won't know that rush, baby. All right, what are they going to know? The love of a child? I, yeah, come what on. Is that. Waking up next to like their fucking life partner. Try making a room full of strangers yeah. laugh at your misery. Come on, man. Try yeah. that. Yeah, you you don't know the rush of having a joke land during the check drop. <laughs> you don't. They you won't. don't know it. Yeah. Um. So you grew up in Leavenworth, Kansas. Yeah. What 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 do you, what sparked the theater thing? Because there there so, there are A's yeah. and there are B's. There's people who are like you go for the attention, and then there's people who shy away from it. What sparked it? I I uh, so when we moved to California, we moved to California after Kansas. Okay, uh, and that was in uh, eighth grade, like right at that turning point. Yeah, you know. But you said you got into theater in middle school. Yeah, so that's like around what? When do you consider that's middle Sixth, school? Sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah, so I was. It was like the tail end of. Okay, okay. Of, like, so you're in California when yeah, you get into theater. I, yeah, got that's it. when I started really. I thought you getting got into it in Kansas. I was gonna be like, no, that's a- I did like. I did like I Christmas. That was allowed. I did like Christmas pageants, which okay. didn't, you know, yeah, you were where they were like Christ is definitively the Son of God. Absolutely. And, but if yeah. you dress up like this any other time, you're one of those gays. Yeah, one of Why? those kind of things. Yeah, they don't like long-haired hippies. But what was Jesus but the ultimate long-haired hippie? Hey, who are you telling? I mean, we don't. When know. you go back home, yeah. do people give you guff about your long hair? No, they think it's cool. Even my even my elderly grandfather thinks it's cool. Really? Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Everyone like it's just so healthy. If you got it, flaunt it, baby. <laughs> yeah, Every man. time I see someone with long hair like you you know when you run into someone on the subway and you're i just stare at it i'm like i don't i, I just think i don't have the attention span and my hair is no. real thin so it's like as soon as it gets to a certain point i'm like i have to cut it i have to cut it for me it was just laziness like i would oh, never what? just cut my hair and i was like i don't need to fucking cut my what am i gonna cut? i gotta cut my it's just gonna grow long again yeah so i would just always like i uh for like the first like couple months i would just wear a hat to kind of naturally just have it back. Yeah. And I took off the hat and it, it flowed like Fabio locks. And you were like, this is it. And I was like, this you is know my what? look. Yeah. This is my definitive feature. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved to California yeah. and then how did you even get involved in theater? I, I It was uh, one of those electives during eighth grade where okay. you could like fill your class. So we did the importance of being earnest. Okay. And uh, it was all right, man. It was fun being on stage. Like I really, I, I, Liked being on stage, and then you know, at that age, you're kind of trying to to decide who you really are, yeah, what you're all about. So I was taking like some theater classes, and there was like community theater I was doing in in California. Oh, so you were like in it a little bit. You're you're kind of like soft soft rolling it, but that's like to do community theater and to take classes. Like that's kind of a lot. I thought I was gonna like really get into acting, but I I just like doing funny stuff. I like doing improv. Mm -hmm. I like doing sketch stuff. Okay. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't, did you get involved? So yeah. you're doing community theater, you, you take the classes as an elective and then you kind of like get the ball rolling on that. 
So this is in eighth grade. So at what time did you start doing sketch and improv and all that? That had to have been after because that was in high started. school. Okay. Yeah. That was did in- you join a, an improv troupe at high school or did you get involved with did the, like the community theater have stuff? Like how did you the find the community it? theater had like Friday okay. acting programs. The reason why I get so invested in these details is because it's like the most minute details where it's like, oh, your whole life could have changed. Yeah. When did I when did I fall into this downward spiral yeah. of addiction? <laughs> when, when did it happen? It was the rush of the applause. For me, it was the summer of 2000. And- Ten. Nice. Yeah, that was a good ass year, man. Uh, well, oh, you. I thought you meant for the addiction part. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah. I was drinking every day. And oh I hell, that, that's even fun. That could be fun too. Sometimes it's a lot of times <laughs> can be so fun that you don't want to stop, and then all of a sudden you can't stop. I know. Uh, so <laughs> that got dark. Um, <laughs> you're, so you find the improv troupe. Yes. So now you're in high school, and then. What like what happens? What when do you decide like this is what I want to do? It was like helping me break out of my shell. I did the high school musical, okay, and I was like cast as as like uh, one of the comedic leads. Oh wow! And I love that. I loved like getting laughs. I had like a solo, but it wasn't a serious song. Yeah, you know, so that was kind of freeing too because there's some kind of vulnerability that I still don't like on stage. Oh yeah, I don't like that shit. Someone's fucking sheds a tear. Get out of town. Yeah, save I... it for a podcast, slick. <laughs> I came That's here to four. Yeah. I get out of your system, dude. That, that's the one thing I do love and hate about mics is because at mics, because and you know this because you've been in the the game for a long time too. Yeah. Uh, it's so fun to have people on who have only been doing comedy for like two years or a year, or a year and a half, because they're yeah. always just like, "Yeah, it's so much fun." I'm like, just wait, just to, yeah, wait. No, it, it's wait. like it's one of those things where. It becomes less fun the more you do it, but like the more you do it, the more you have to do it. Well, yeah, the more you yeah. become like addicted to it. And it's it's interesting because to your point about vulnerability, I a lot of the stuff I talk about on stage are because I'm a storyteller and it's a dark a lot of it's dark storytelling because it's like shitty situations, but I try to make them funny. Mm-hmm. And when those don't like when you bare your soul and you're like, huh? Yeah. Huh? And yeah. that doesn't land, you're like, Ugh. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna die i don't yeah. what are we supposed to do from here so you got to do a silly song so it wasn't too you weren't like oh the people are gonna make you fun still of got me. that wall yeah and you're not being yourself because you're is like character. another thing yeah that's a you huge know? thing that's like I, that's like the big thing that helped kind of break you out of that mm-hmm. uh but i didn't like doing serious stuff i didn't like doing like drama and stuff i didn't want to play like the straight guy i didn't yeah. want to have to you and know, he doesn't play yeah. the straight guy if you know you what better, i mean you better fucking believe it baby <laughs> It was always like meant to be goofy. Yeah. You know, it was always meant to be goofy. So that was like always my thing with, I didn't like with theater. And then. So how you did, did you, did you pivot away from doing like, did you, you obviously tried the serious roles yeah. and that's when you decided you didn't like to yeah. do them. And I couldn't like tap into that. Yeah. I couldn't tap into whatever it is where that you can like disappear into, he disappeared into that and become this person and and work through his pain. Like in that show, Barry, Yeah, you watch Barry and you're like, oh, this is like a fucking love letter to acting. Yeah. I don't know any of this shit. Um, That's like uh, in Tropic Thunder. You've seen Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. is like, I'm like a plumber, an electrician, except my tools are the tools that trigger human emotion. And it's like, fuck fuck off. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of actors do feel that way. Oh, absolutely. Daniel Day-Lewis, man. Yeah. That's the fucking... Method on method, man. <laughs> so when did you, after you decided you weren't really down for the drama roles, did mm-hmm. you just pivot into full comedy? Yeah, but it was always like, I, I, I so I started, I did one of my first open mics um, freshman year of college. So in high school, so eighth grade, you start doing theater. Then in high yeah. school, you're doing theater and then kind of transition into improv and sketch and yeah. stuff like that. So do you stay doing improv and sketch all through high school? A little bit, but you know, it's like how you're doing like a million things in high school yeah. where it's, it's really just being like funny. Did you but play any was, sports or anything like no, that? No, okay. I was never like a fucking athlete. I, you know what? I, I did not like doing stuff after school. Yeah. And, and theater was like the one exception where it's like, okay, I kind of like this. Okay. This is kinda, I'm getting something out of this, but. So it's definitely, yeah. it was definitely like a calling that you had. Yeah. Otherwise I just wanted to go home and play Goldeneye, baby. That was fucking, that's what I was going to say. Just go home and play. I'm thinking about yeah. Diablo 4 right now as Dog, we're talking. I am like thinking about my fucking loadout on everything, man. I got, <laughs> that's the best thing about being an adult is like, oh yeah, I'll buy this fucking video game. I, I went through a phase like in the last three months where I was buying games before I was because Hogwarts came out and then the new Star Wars came out and then Uh Diablo 4 came out and I wanted all three of those games Yeah. so I was like halfway through Hogwarts and then Star Wars came out so I was like well I'm a huge Star Wars fan so I was like I'm buying that and it looks so good it was so much fun and then I got like halfway through that and then Diablo 4 came out and everyone was telling me how awesome and I was like 
Well, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm 35. I'm gonna buy yeah. that too. Well, and it's also like now you have something to look forward because like there is there no bigger bummer than you beat a video game and then like oh well now what am I gonna do? It's so it's so awesome yeah. because then the second I get tired of Diablo Four, I just I can go back and finish the Star Wars and then go back and finish. You, it's yeah. nice to have them all. Are you Xbox, PC, Xbox. PlayStation? Oh hell yeah! What are you? I'm PlayStation baby. Okay, I got five? I got, you got the, the five. I got the five. Fuck yeah, he's got I'm the like, five. I got the five. That was what I I. Uh, was on the wait list for like a year and a half to for get real? the five. It was crazy. We were saving up to, I remember the Christmas before we moved, uh, my ex got me uh, the Xbox One S, or not, yeah. not not the new one, but like the, the best one that they had available. Yeah. And then literally within like six months, they came out with the Series X. And I was like, fuck, she just got me this super nice one. And then they came out with the new one. So I waited because I did, I thought, you know, it's fucking, I just got a new system. There's no reason to buy it. So I waited and then happenstance, I waited long enough to where they were just on the shelves at Best Buy. So oh, last yeah, year I yeah. went in and I was like, give me that Series X, baby. Let's go. Xbox was good about keeping their stocks more or less full. Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, like everything, yeah. it was sold out There was like that six chip months, shortage. But, yeah. And everyone was going nuts. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, right? God. <laughs> that was why. <laughs> But I'm getting Spider-Man. That's what I'm saving up. Yeah, I'm gonna buy that. That's a PlayStation only too. Oh, you better believe it, man. I'm getting the new Bethesda game, the new uh, Starfield. Yeah, that one looks good. It's like Skyrim in the future. Oh, absolutely. And Skyrim is one of my favorite video games of all time. I actually have material on Skyrim. Nice. That never works because no one knows the fuck I'm talking about. They're fucking kids, dude. Yeah, they don't understand. That's that's a ten-year-old game, and I I just that game is fifteen years old. Oh shit! Yeah, 2016. Yeah. No, no, no. 2008 or nine. It came out. Jesus. Christ. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the special edition coming out. The original came out in, like, seven or eight. That's fucking so wild. It's so so funny to think. And, like, I just bought it on Switch. Dude, oh, I can play it anywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. We got so sidetracked. (laughs) So, you get into theater, then you get into improv. Then, when you're in high school, you're doing improv intermittently, as it were. Yeah. yeah. You like the intermittent stuff. All about it, baby. Um, And then you get to uh, college. Where'd you go to college? I went to San Francisco State University. In in California, the, who's Sam, what's the mascot? Uh, the Gator. I'm normally really good about that, but I didn't know uh, that yeah. one. The no, Gator. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really have like a lot of sports teams. Like we don't have okay. like a football team or anything. It's, it was really the definition of commuter college. Okay. Like a lot of forty. San Francisco State. Yeah. University. Yeah. State. So it's a full on university. To, I, went to, I did not take the SAT twos. <laughs> Dude, I barely. I took the SAT ones, and I was like, "This was fucking awful." I. Did so I had to do the SATs twice. Yeah. You know, and they average your scores. Mm-hmm. So like if I got I had like a higher math score one time and I had a higher English score. So you're just like, that's time. it, we're taking that. And I'm like, this is good enough. Yeah. This is like take these. This will get me to SFS yeah. State or yeah. SFSU, baby. Yeah. That, and like it was like, all right, SF State is good because I'm close to I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. Is that where you guys moved? Yeah. Uh we lived in uh Montera. California, the which Bay is like, area? yeah, it's okay. it's Bay Area. It's like uh, 30 miles south of San Francisco. Was your dad still in the military? Uh, so my parents were divorced and my mom remarried. Okay. And uh, my stepdad got a job in California. Oh, so you moved in with Yeah, them. so that's why we moved. Okay. Um, yeah, so now my dad lives in Tennessee. He's, so he's the only mo- 10 I see. Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> so yeah, we got, we got out of there. And, and uh, yeah, San Francisco was great. So I was studying theater. So you went uh, to school for theater. I went to school for theater. So you fucking soft rolled it, man. You <laughs> were like, yeah, I got into theater and I kind of like, you went to college for it. Yeah. Well, I went there. I didn't graduate with a theater degree though. Yeah. I graduated. I switched to English lit. Because oh, did you? It was, uh, I didn't like the classes. I was like, the if I'm going to, I, I was like, if I'm going to do theater, I need to have like experience to fall back on. Yeah. Cause I felt like if I had that, I could tap into it. But I really just didn't like that vulnerability. You know, I didn't yeah, like... Yeah, because when you go when you major in theater, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, we're going to do just comedies. Like, yeah. You have to do all of it. Yeah. So, like, when I was doing... I was doing... Um, like, I was on the improv team. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, like, separate from For theater. college? Yeah. Like, the college improv So, team. like, you don't need to be a theater arts major to do the improv yeah. team. So, fuck it. I'm That's why that. we see so many people in comedy. Yeah. It's the easiest uh, barrier of entry to entertainment. Right. You don't have to have anything. You don't have to have an agent, a manager. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go on an audition. You just show up to a fucking open mic, and then you could tell everyone you're a comic. Yeah. So I, and then I started just going to open mics. Yeah. Around so when like, was the first yeah. open mic you said in college? Yeah. It was year? like freshman year. And then, you how know, did you find stand up? 
it was like just a, a local coffee shop uh, but by the college. I just mean the greater question of how did you uh, find stand up? Because it's such a niche thing. Uh, one of my friends suggested I do it. Okay. And like they were like, you're funny. Why don't you just do this? Did you, like, were you a fan of like listening to, uh, Stand up on like Spotify or Pandora. Dude, this was before. This was in like 2000 and fucking five. Okay. You know? So yeah, so you and like, I are the, yeah. closer to the same age. Some of these young kids I have, and they're like, yeah, yeah. I listen to, uh, I watch sets on YouTube. And I, I know like, Dan Cook. That wasn't even a fucking thing. Dan Cook was my generation. Dan yeah. Cook is the reason I got into stand up. <laughs> I tell everybody all the time, I got introduced to stand up when I was 12 and I loved it. Nice. But it was like Tom Rhodes and Mitch Hedberg. And I was like, oh, that's like, it's hilarious. And I loved it. But I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And then when Dane rips his shirt off on that Comedy Central Presents, I go, oh, I want to do that. I can do that. That's I, like a rock star. Like, fucking, that was the whole bit. He yeah. has a fucking rock star set up behind him. It's a drum kit and everything. So when you like, how did you, were you a fan of stand up at all before you went to do I, it? I was a fan of Tom Green. Okay. That's who I, I was like into this like, this is the Tom Green show. It's not the green Tom show, but just like seeing that like, he was like, just doing like this in your face, wild, bizarre so shit. Weird, yeah. But it was so fucking funny. And that I was, was like, back when it was on MTV. Yeah. And I was like, this guy just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that was so endearing to me, you know? And just like that level of like harassing people, but still being charming enough that you don't really get your ass kicked. It was such like an interesting yep. balance. Remember you know? when they uh, gave him a bunch of money to let him make that movie? Yeah, Freddie got and fingered. It fucking flopped. Yeah. Everyone remembers the same thing from that movie, though. Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> Daddy, but he he was the first one to, I think, right, to do that? Like that in-your-face yeah. kind of like... Because a lot of people do that now. I mean, we see it constantly yeah. on TikTok and social media where it's man on the street. It's like asking people like everyone's throwing doing like, yeah, yeah everyone's he doing was the one man. of the first people to be like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck with people. Right. And just they like, were like, hell yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, let's let me talk. Because it was so uncommon at that time in the early 90s. Yeah. For somebody to have like a microphone and, and camera and, and stuff. the camera was the big thing. I mean, I joke about it. I should probably bring the story back. But I remember when I was in high school. Even a little younger than that, I had uh, an older brother and some of his friends would tell stories about how they would go, because I grew up in Daytona, mm -hmm. and they would go to the beach bars during spring break and just put like a fake earpiece in their ear and then just wear shirts that said like security or staff or something. And then they would just act like they were doing like Girls Gone Wild. And oh, so no. they'd go up to girls and be like, hey, we work for Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, yeah, they're going to bring the cameras around. And girls would just show their boobs oh, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where it was like back in the like late 90s, early 2000s, like seeing anybody associated with like a camera or a microphone or show business. Yeah. Everyone was like, fuck, yeah. Like, what's happening? It's a big, I'm going to be a star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and you, now everyone's a star. Everyone's a fuck. Everyone has a voice and not everyone should. Yeah. So you see that on Tom Green and stuff. And so that was kind of your forte into like comedy. As yeah, far as stand up yeah. and that kind of stuff. And like I was, but I, you can't really do like Tom Green no, style not shit. No, stage. You know? So, but it, it made you, oh, okay. Like I enjoy comedy. Yeah. I enjoy like getting a reaction and making people laugh. Um, cause it is a weird thing. How, I yeah. mean, how often after shows are people like, Oh my God, like I've never seen live comedy. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's so second nature cause we do it all the time, all the time. But it's like, how have you never been to a comedy show? Do you remember your first comedy show? I remember my first open mic, my first comedy show, the wow. first set that I got to do where I was actually on the, the, the lineup. I remember all that. Damn dude. Yeah. My first, my, the first comedy show I ever saw live was in Daytona and it was because I was too scared to do the open mics. So I mm -hmm. went to watch an actual, excuse me, not Daytona. It was in Fort Lauderdale because I was too scared to do the open mics and I went to an actual comedy show. And then in 2009, I did my first open mic, Cisco Dern, huge shout out, big South Florida comic. Uh, he's still doing it. He hosted the open mic and I got fucking blasted. I was yeah. 21 and I got hammered. And I went up and I said the most horrific shit because I was trying to be like a shock jock. Like I was trying to like lean into like this frat boy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was horrific. And I got off and he goes, just keep doing it, man. Nice. And I kept doing it. Words of wisdom. <laughs> That's what all you can tell somebody yeah. in comedy because like there's no other definite answer because like it's never like do this and this and this and well the problem successful. is it's so subjective right like i i do this all the time but i'll be at a mic and i'll be like i don't understand that like this i just told this bit at a mic like a week ago and it crushed and these are all mm -hmm. different people yeah and it's fucking got nothing or like at a show like i'll be like that's the problem and i've talked about this with a lot of guests where you'll do a bit at a mic and it, it hits if it hits too hard you have to 
realize in your head, you're like, oh, regular people aren't going to find that funny because yeah. we're all twisted, broken toys. And then you do it at a show and people are like, oh, my God. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. There's no balance. Yeah. It's totally fucked. So when you did your first mic, you went because a friend suggested it. How did it go? It was fun. And like, and was I, it on campus or off campus? It was off campus. It so there were actual shop. like people there? Yeah. It was like just normal people. It was at... Um, the canvas gallery on, okay. on ninth and Lincoln in San Francisco. Now it, it, last time I was in San Francisco, it was uh, that became my uh, fish restaurant. Oh, really? so I'm sure it's not around anymore, but that was, that was like one of the ones, like all the uh, regulars uh, used to go to. And this is 2005. This is like in 2005. And like, you know, people like Moshe Kasher and Shang yeah. Wang and Ali Wong, uh, like they got, they would always go to that place. Oh, cause like that they was were like one of the venues. Yeah. Like they would like practice like. Uh, so what Joe is saying is he's he's basically Ali Wong. I learned from I, I read from the Book of the Titans. <laughs> I'm on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> <laughs> so were you hooked immediately? Yeah, it was like a fun thing. And I enjoyed doing it. Um, now, question but, with yeah. your background. Yeah. When you get on stage and it's just you and the microphone. And there is a bit of vulnerability to it, but there's no improv. There's no like nobody's shouting out suggestions. There's no team. There's no true. Yeah. Were you like, fuck yeah? Like, yeah, I like the solo. I was like, this is much easier. Okay. You know, it's also like less pressure because it's for me, it's like, all right, all that means they're going to do well or I'm not. Yeah. Whereas with improv, like there were so many other factors. Like, where am I, you know, where are the people I'm working with in the scene? Where are they going? with yeah. that or will they be able to take this there's a lot bit. more plates yeah there's a lot more going on but it makes you a better comic if yeah. you still do it that's true you know it definitely like has its its benefits um but with stand-up it's just like so much more free and you get that instant gratification of audience reaction yeah it's not like or the instant play. heartbreak <laughs> yeah but at least like it's like in that moment you can like all right you can judge fast it. turnaround time yep so let's go to this other mic and try it a little bit different and see if we get a different reaction or if you're at a show Especially if you've been doing it, you know, long enough, you can have the the ripcord jokes, like the little right. bits to just pull you out of stuff. You always which got we like, all have, yeah. yeah. You always got one to, you know, yeah, just in, in that, case. Especially because yeah. I'm I'm a little darker, and I know sometimes you you guys can get a little you can go a little crazy. No, you get dark. It's a dark day, dude. <laughs> so I do have those in the back of my head where mm -hmm. it's like you know break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, because you do a like a heroin overdose bit into a suicide bit into like a. Uh, a rehab bit. It can get. It can bring the room down real fast if they're not on board with the first one. Yeah. By the time you get to the third one, and I tell stories, so it's like six minutes, and you're like, "Oh boy." Yeah. Ugh, dark. <laughs> so thanks for coming to my TED talk, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good. That's a. That's a good go-to. Always a throw point. out the yeah. TED talk, and I was like, "Ha ha, get it? Because it's serious." <laughs> so then, do you start? doing shows, doing mics all the time. Like you're still in college. Are you doing, doing it like occasionally or what happens? It, 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 the mic is like kind of like occasional because I'm still figuring shit out. Yeah. You know, it's kind of college. You want to have fun in college. Absolutely. You want to drink and party and you still have to like keep your grades up just enough to like get your degree. Yeah. Just you enough know? to get by. Cause it's like, I'm not, I, I knew I wasn't going to go to grad school or anything, Yeah, you know? So it's just like, just get the fucking diploma. So what I wanted to ask you that, cause some of the stories you sent me actually have to do with comedy. So we'll yeah. circle back to those, but when did you start drinking? I started drinking uh, after freshman year of, of college. 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 See, you were a late bloomer. Like I was I a late was. bloomer. It, I was in the dorms and it was after finals. Oh my God. So it was the end of I made it all You were a sophomore year. in college. I was pretty much a sophomore. Like we finished the finals and we were like, and I remember my friends were like, Joe, it's all good. There's no stress. And they said, look, this is Captain Morgan's spiced rum. Just smell it. And I smelled, and I was like, ooh, give me a shot. <laughs> like, Oh, really? Yeah. That was the first time you drank? Yeah. You went, ooh, give me a shot. Yeah, give me a shot. It, it, it's like a little cinnamony taste. And I'm like, isn't it good? And of course, it's like not good, but like you're a kid. And yeah, like, you have yeah. no idea. And I, I have yeah. so many questions. I have so many follow-ups. Sure, so sure. This is, this, is why we, this is why we do the show. Um, <laughs> so when you're in high school, like middle yeah. school into high school, and you're doing theater and improv, because yeah. I've had people on who are theater kids, and they're like, oh, yeah, they do a ton of drugs, and they're drinking all the time really? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, But obviously different environments, different That's kinds wild. of things. Yeah. We had like, I guess like maybe it was like the, <laughs> maybe it's because I grew up in a small town, uh, but- they were straight edge theater kids. Like that's wow. where I learned about straight edge. Cause you know, I remember um, I was like at a party and uh, one of the girls from 
the theater troupe came up and she was like, are you drinking beer? And I'm like, no. And she's like, are you smoking cigarettes? I'm like, no. But like, really, like nobody offered me a beer. No yeah. one gave me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the best. You yeah. come out looking like a hero and you're like, yeah. oh, it's just nobody, And she's like, oh, are you? Nobody st- thought I was cool yeah. enough for it, but okay. <laughs> she's like, are you, so are you straight edge? And I'm like, oh, what's that? She's like, that means you don't do drugs and you don't drink. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm straight edge. And I'm like, fuck, that yeah. sounds fucking dumb. Like, I remember thinking like, I don't like that. Like, can't I just be like, you know, just like not drinking? Not like, why do I have to like, I remember, why do we have to put a label on it, babe? We don't even need to label it, man. <laughs> I remember thinking I was I thinking it was like a cool thing to be straight edge. But yeah. I came from a family where people were drinking and having a good time yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna be different. Yeah. It's so weird how like in a lot of circles and like normal circles, drinking and like smoking and stuff would be the rebellious nature. But in the environment I grew up in, like not doing anything was like me being like rebellious. Uh, I feel like it's like it, 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 the inverse is every generation. Yeah. You it know, flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like our parent for like our parents, it was like, yeah, you know, have a beer with dinner or whatever, but I better not see you smoking any weed in the house. Yeah. And now, like, with us, it, like, this whole generation, like, everyone's vaping weed and it's cannabis. Crazy. It's all over. Dude, like, every other place in every other shop in New York is a dispensary now. Yeah, there's only one legitimate one. Yeah, you know apparently. About this yeah. Union Square. Yeah. Everything else is I like, walk by yeah. going to work every day, and because I've been sober for so long, I didn't even notice what it was until somebody told me. Mm. And I was like, oh, I was wondering why that line's always out there. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's literally called the travel agency. And I was like, don't these people have smartphones? Like, who the fuck goes to a travel who goes, agency? Isn't that weird? Like, you don't think of all, like, those professions that are just extinct now because yeah. of Google. And now, because the name of the dispensary is Travel Agency, I, I was like, why is there a line outside of this place? And then, Where's everyone go? Is there yeah. some kind of mass exodus that we don't know about? <laughs> and then someone was like, that's the only legal dispensary in this, this city. And I was that's like, so f- but what kind of nerd wants to get legal weed? I know. Live the, a little, get baby. The PCP lay stuff, man. Yeah, Let's party. They, come on. A little, spook a little fentanyl in it for good luck. <laughs> For good luck. Hey, <laughs> see on the other side. Um, so you're straight edge. Straight edge, baby. And did you do it because of the girl or were you just like, I no. don't do this anyway? I why, just, like, why didn't you? You know, I just thought like uh, I, I listened to the D.A.R.E. program. Okay. I'll tell you that much. I really did think it was going to ruin my fucking life. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a comment. Yeah. The last guest we just had on Zach uh, DiDonato was talking about how. It just scared him. What so a nerd. Just, yeah, what a pussy. Just, well, I didn't say it didn't scare me. <laughs> but clearly I, I overcame my fear. <laughs> that idea that it could ruin your life. And yeah. I've had other people on who have talked about it. I'm trying to remember. They, they, like three guests in a row yeah. were like, yeah, I just didn't try it because it was fucking terrible. The, the D.A.R.E. program was all about instilling fear. Yeah. It, it was, was a fear it, they, didn't, they didn't explain. They were like. People smoke cigarettes because it looks cool. And it does. It does look very cool. But also, like, they don't tell you about... I smoke in front of my baby nieces. My twin sister gets so mad. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I go, they need to know it's cool, Hannah. They, absolutely they gotta learn they're gonna learn sooner or it better Dude, in the winter yeah. time when i wear my leather jacket yeah and my fucking sunglasses oh, hold and I me down a cigarette hold oh, me down james dean calling <laughs> uh so so you but don't yeah. do any of that stuff dare yeah. scares you or it was just scared like, you straight or it was like it say. was just like god i fucking like what if like what if i get like can and like i had like an aunt that had like cancer and i mm-hmm. thought like smoking weed would give me like fucking lung cancer yeah. and shit i mean it's you know. you know, is any is inhaling anything into your lungs good for you? I don't as, know, dude. Reddit tells me it's fine. Say. Well, that's yeah. all I. <laughs> right. Reddit and Joe Rogan. You can Rogan. compartmentalize it. You know? Yeah. Um, so then, when so you go through all of high school, you don't yeah. try beer, booze, yeah. nothing. No, none of it, none of that. I and was then, like, I had theater. Yeah, and then like you had real shit going on, and I knew, but I knew in like I knew like freshman year. That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So you get to college. I knew I didn't want to do theater anymore. Yeah, I it, knew I didn't that. want to do theater because the drama. And like, I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this shit. When did you transfer into English lit? Sophomore year. Okay, sophomore year. So you, you end up taking your finals and everything. Yeah, freshman year. And you had mentioned earlier that the mics were somewhat sporadic because of like you wanted to drink and party mm-hmm. and stuff. But your freshman year, you're not doing any of that stuff. So were you just focused? Even though you were going to transfer out of theater, were you still focused on completing what you had started as far not, as the classes and everything? Not really. I, I dipped out on like a lot of class. I also got like an F in one of the classes. So you're just playing GoldenEye all the time. You know, I always thought like, uh, like there were like some like where it's like, you don't even need to show up to class. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. So 
I didn't show up to class and I failed. I'm like, oh, these fucking liars. Liars. You know. I had a couple of professors who were like, you're paying for the class. So if you want to show up, show up. If you don't, then don't. Yeah. And then like a bunch of people just wouldn't show up. And I'm like, I think that was code for you better fucking be here. Well, I fucking found that out the hard way. But like they got my money. Yeah. Well, that my dad's money. Ooh, Ooh. Hard flex. There we go. <laughs> that was like that's a very white kid thing to do is like my parents paid for college maybe on your end oh yeah i've got sixty thousand dollars in student loan debt oh damn what did you study uh political science and i minor no my problem was that must boil your blood seeing donald trump securing the fucking white house again donald trump is papa he's, bear he's back baby uh, he's back 2024 is the greatest year of our lives. How how wild will the our Lord uh, and Savior returns? <laughs> how wild will that election be if it's RFK versus Donald Trump? That would be crazy. That would be like such a wild. That would be like so, one of those like dystopian. Like you thought someone yeah. out like who was in a coma for thirty years. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I mean, to be honest, it's better than just that race would be better than the alternative. Like if Joe Biden can't run again. They can't prop him up. He's done. He's he can't even. Uh, I mean, it's sad. It's like it's like awkward. Like I mean, like unless like Kamala Harris wants to, you know. Come on, now yeah. you're just. I know. Come on, it's never gonna this happen. They're never gonna. They, they, you know, they it's were thinking, gonna be a man, <laughs> the greatest man. They were gonna, you know, get her in like under that, where it's like, well, technically the first African American woman president. Yeah. Just hoping Joe Biden dies in the middle of his. Yeah, term. that's what. I, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. obviously but what the plan. That was, was the plan, but like. This this creep just hung on to life. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, just Joey. Hanging on, hanging on to life like he's hanging on to little kids' shoulders. I gotta uh, say, Hunter Biden definitely cooler than the Trump boys, though. Fucking that guy rocks. Hunter Biden would rock the Trump boys. Yeah, are you dude. kidding me? Steel cage match. Come on, fucking. Dude. Give his, me his dad would be like throwing a chair in there. Uh. <laughs> Hunter Biden hitting the crack pipe like it's fucking Popeye <laughs> spinach. <laughs> Hey, as a recovering addict, we have nothing. Uh, Hunter, if you want to come on the podcast, we'll hear your story out. Yeah. I'm sure you got plenty of stories. Hookers yeah. in Vegas, baby. Let's just, go. Just give us the laptop, Hunter. Come on, dude. Don't make this harder than it is. You're going to make it daddy. harder than it actually is. And then he smokes crack and he looks down at his dick. He's like, it's so hard. Um, all right. We're, we're just having a little fun. We're at, it's jokes, baby. It's jokes. No one, it's in the no comedy one's, section. No one's getting hurt. Well, Bleh. some people are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those hookers that are buried in Vegas somewhere by Hunter Biden. Mamma mia. Um, I'm breaking news. Extra, extra. <laughs> extra, extra, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, back to you. Yeah, me. So you freshman year, you decide you're going to get out of theater. Mm -hmm. You do your finals. But I want to know, because you said your friends were there and it was kind of like, a, hey, smell this. Like, do you want to drink? Blah, blah, blah. What kind of triggered in your brain to where you're like, actually, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this. I was just like... Uh... It just felt like something liberating. I just saw how much fun everyone else was having. Okay. And I was like, why can't I have that kind of fun? It's just crazy to me. I'm, I'm crazy is probably the wrong word, but it's crazy to me that it, it took like an entire year. Yeah. Because like, obviously everyone, I've heard so many stories about people the day they get to college, like they're cracking open beers or they're doing shots yeah. and you saw all that and you're just like, nope, not for me. Not no, for I got to, I got to make sure I get, you know what? I think it was also like, I saw people that were like blackout drunk every night of the yeah. week that still like managed to go to school. And it kind of like ruined like and like people like who would get so high this right facade before class. of like it's gonna ruin your life. Yeah, if you try it, it started like eroding away. Okay, that it's makes like, sense. You know, oh, people can balance out. You can get high in the middle of the day, and still go to school. And like for some people, like they were like used to it, and it was just another yeah. day. You know, um, you're looking at it. There we are, baby. <laughs> it happens, man. It, ha it, it yeah. You just it, get, it, it just becomes up. a part of life. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Then I was joking earlier about that summer that I I went from a heavy drinker to an alcoholic, but it's true because. And I was talking to someone about this the other day because they're thinking about quitting drinking. And I said, yeah, you know, you should totally try it, but just realize, because they had tried this in the past and they're like, oh, I'll quit drinking for like 10 days. And then mm -hmm. they make it like seven or they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll quit drinking for the month. And then like two weeks in something happens and they're like, oh, I'll just drink. And I was like, well, you have to be, that's the thing you have to be careful about because it's, you're never going to know it happens until it happens. And then you're looking back like, oh, fuck. Like that was the moment. Yeah. So when you're in college, <clears throat> And you're seeing all these people who are still high functioning, like whether they're on drugs or alcohol or whatever, they're still doing it. And you're like, well, yeah, if these fucking assholes can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And then you just decide, let it rip, baby. Let's, let it, let's do it, baby. So did let's... you get hammered that first time on the captain? I got the Asian glow, my friend. I got the Asian glow big time. 
I don't know what that is. Oh, that's where your um, that's where your face gets uh, red and flush. It's like <laughs> it's a minor allergic reaction to alcohol. That, really, uh, a lot of Asian people get. So it's oh, called the Asian glow. I get it. Yeah, I so I, I got that from my my mom's side. So you are allergic. I am. I I'm minorly. Yeah, I get like red and splotchy all over my body. Really? Yeah, man. Do you still? But you fucking didn't let that stop you. I never let that stop me. I was just like, okay, I guess this is just a part of being drunk all the time. <laughs> And they're like, that's wild. Like, I would get, like, beet red, like a tomato red, yeah. like sunburnt. But only when I'm drunk. And then, like, once the alcohol passed through my body, I looked, like, normal again. That's how it is when I take blue chews. Nice. When I do the blue chews, my, I, like, light up like a, a fucking 4th of July. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Real fireworks coming out of your wiener. Yeah. Nice. Come. Hell, yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Clip it. Uh <laughs> So then do you start, how often are you partying then at that point? Uh, I'm partying like probably like, I, we had it in control, like mainly yeah. on the weekends, Fridays, okay. every once in a while, like maybe like a Wednesday drink, depending on. Yeah, I like, mean, that's how I was when I first started yeah. drinking in college because I was playing football. So it's like, well, I can only drink on specific days because yeah. other days you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to workouts. You would, it's like, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. You would like have it kind of balanced out a little bit, you know, I, yeah. I, and uh, sophomore year I was living off campus. Okay. Um, and then I was like, uh, living with like some party boys Okay. and San Francisco state didn't really have fraternities. Mm -hmm. So everyone would just kind of party in the uh, apartments adjacent to yeah, the college. Just whoever, was, yeah. whoever the party boys were. So we would always have that, you know, did people, you become a party boy? A little bit. Yeah, dude. We'd fucking party it up, dude. We would get taka vodka, like the shittiest fucking, yeah. The plastic bottle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. And like every once in a while, like we get like a, a Smirnoff ice uh, if it was like a Friday when we we're yeah. like, let's treat ourselves and get a strawberry Smirnoff ice. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking, and we just like kill a fucking bottle of it, you know, mix it yeah, with yeah. And then like we'd cook chicken breast on the stove, chicken breast and rice, yeah. and then drink like taka vodka and shit. And like have a pull-up bar, dude. It was like we were really. Were you guys like out. really bro? Yeah. We were broing out, dude. Like, but it was it was the early two thousands, man. Fuck yeah, we were living. Fuck that yeah. was that was like the college experience. Yeah, I mean that's how it was with you me know? too. I yeah, mean, I was a little bit. I'm like three years behind you, so yeah. it was a little bit later, but still, it's the same thing. Like I got to college in 07, and it was still kind of fuck yeah. Like we all, everyone fucking came to the dorms with their fucking pull up bar, and we all had like a fucking hot. I was lucky enough to live in the student apartment, so we had a full kitchen. Oh, and nice. That was the four person uh, yeah. dorms. Hell yeah. yeah. Rice and chicken breasts and fucking pull ups and shots of vodka, baby. Let's nice. go. That was, that's how you do it. You fucking, that, it's good because. You kind of like need to learn like that level of discipline in in more or less like, yeah, you could get expelled, but in the big picture, uh, 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 less consequences than now. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's better I, where yeah. you still have like your parents to kind of bail you out. Well, not even your parents to fall back on, but you also have the university to where they'll yeah. be like, well, this is a teachable moment versus when you get older, fast forward. And then all of a sudden it's like cops and they're just yeah. like. We don't fucking do teachable moments. Like you're no, now you're, getting arrested. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're an adult. Now there's consequences yeah. to the shit. Like, and I, I've, I've experienced me? all that because when I was, when I stopped playing football is when all that went off the rails. I started drinking rum instead mm -hmm. of vodka. I started going to Taco Bell every night at like 1 a.m. Because Taco Bell and Wendy's were the two that were open late. Yeah. Back then, for those of you listening who are younger, back then, not every place was open super That's late. Right. That was a big deal when McDonald's Taco Bell McDonald's and Burger King late. would close at like 10 o'clock. But Wendy's started it, and then Taco Bell followed suit, and they'd stay open until 2 a.m. So I remember I'd get fucking – this is after football. I had nothing going on, and I'd get hammered. And then I'd do a bunch of coke, drive to Taco Bell, fucking order $20 worth of food, which back then was a plethora a lot, of yeah. food. And then I'd go home, eat it all, and then pass out. Hell I gained yeah. 100 pounds in like three months after oh, I quit playing football. Good for you, dude. But it was – it was that experience. So when I was playing football and we'd get drunk and like get a little rowdy, the RAs would come in and be like, stop that. Hey, guys. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. And then as you got a little older, like then it would be like campus police. But and they're still they're cops and FAU, they're Boca cops. But they'd be like, chill the fuck out. Like I got arrested a couple times by them, but they never took me into the actual station. They take me to the substation, write me a written arrest yeah. and send me home. And then as I got older and like dealing with like cops, like out street cops, like beat cops, like they don't fucking I got the shit kicked out of me mm. before. I've been fucking tased, like all sorts of shit where it's like, oh, we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. You know? Gloves are off. Gloves are off.
So did you ever get into any kind of trouble when you guys were drinking? Hell no, dude. I always got away with everything, dude. I never got fucking busted by the cops, dude. I always, I, I, I never got like so wildly out of control. Well, that's what I was going to say. You never, like, I, 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 it was never like, we got our, I, I, I've always like, liked to chill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like, if there's a party, it's like, okay, I'll vibe. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, I'm drunk. I can go okay, home I'll now. Vibe. I was like, I remember being like, oh, I'm drunk. I can go home now. Like, I, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I did what I needed to do. I got drunk. And now, yeah. like, let's get the fuck out of here. And, uh, like, sometimes a girl would talk to me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go watch a movie. Do you want to watch a movie? And she's like, yeah, I'll watch a movie. I'm like, yes, oh, shit. Will. Here we go. Okay, cool. Like, it was. Do you make a move? Easy. Always, dude. See, I, I'm, I'm bad at that. Oh, uh, you got to make a, especially like if you're drunk, like, hey, let's get another beer. Yeah. You know? And now, so like, small. now sign this letter of consent because you're I knew so already small. at the time. 2005. I knew at the time. Did. I was like, hey, just sign this. <laughs> And I just like, have just, a big stack yeah. you printed up at the I, library. Unfortunately, I uploaded it onto my MySpace uh, for <laughs> prosperity, and then it was fucking purged. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so I have to subpoena Tom to fucking unarchive MySpace. Tom, open it up, man. Those are my letters of consent, dude. I had a MySpace comedy page. Did you really? Isn't that fucking wild? So you started comedy then, man. You I was were back. I was fucking. I was ready to go, dude. Yeah, I, uh, That's how Dane made it. There used to be this website called uh, Rooftop Comedy, and uh, one of the clubs I would perform at as a youngster, like they would record those sets. And unfortunately, like the site's gone because oh, I'd love to find like some of those old like college sets. Like yeah. the oldest set I have is from two thousand and nine. Fuck. Like um, that's when I started. Yeah, dude. So, so there we go. As, as far as as far as history knows, we started at the exact same time. As far as the internet knows, that's right, baby. So let's let's bring it back. So then, you, when you're you said you're partying in college and doing mm-hmm. fun stuff like that, and then when you graduate, do you decide you're going to go full bore into comedy, or did you try to do someone with English lit, or like what happened? Dude, I just got a job at a coffee shop. Did I, you? It's so depressing. You stayed in like, San Francisco. I stayed in San Francisco. I knew I wanted to stay in San Francisco. Well, I was a hoping small to. town. I, it is. It actually kind of is compared to New York. Yeah. I mean, everything is <laughs> yeah. compared to New York. I was trying to balance comedy and working at a coffee shop. But, but you decided not to like, per, you decided to pursue comedy. I did. Yeah. And, 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 and I was around like 23, 24, where I was like, I love doing comedy. I don't like working in a coffee shop. Yeah. I'm I'm done with this. I'm focusing on prioritizing doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd have to open the open up shop at the coffee shop so i'd have to get up at like you know 3 a.m to catch the bus and open up the doors be open and ready to go at like 4 a.m jesus you know it was awful um but i get off at noon so what i would do is i get off work i go home i'd sleep i get up at five i go to an open mic i do like one or two open mics and then i go back home around like you know nine or ten yeah i'd sleep and i get up at like three o'clock and do it all over again Damn, so that, you're doing that like four or five days a week? I was doing that like three or four times a week. Yeah. You know? And then like a Friday, I would like sleep to kind of reset myself. And just um, start all over again. Yeah. And like, you know, some nights I was lucky and I would get like a 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. shift. Yeah. And then I could just, you know. Then you could like, just, just re- like, yeah, just like day, yeah. Do, have a regular day. But those were like few and far between. Eventually, I got a job as an assistant manager at a coffee shop specifically because it was mainly 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah. Spots. I'm like, oh, great. Now I can go do comedy at night. So is that what you were doing? How long did you do that for? I, I did that for a good like three years. And then did you move to New York after that? No. And then I, um, so I quit that job. Yeah. And then I was like unemployed. So I was working with a temp agency and I got a job at this uh, virtual address company where people could open up an address online yeah. to receive mail. Um, at like a San Francisco address. Okay. And then like we digitize it for them. So we're basically like a virtual mailbox in that sense. Yeah. Um, so I was working there for a while. I found a job and they hired me there. And that was like perfect because uh, it was a nine to five. Mm-hmm. It gave me benefits. Oh, and shit. most important, <laughs> let me do stand up comedy like every night. So were you like in? Because you said it was a temp job. So were you I, like, they hired me on full time. Oh, okay. Eventually. So you were like ready to rock. I was, I was set. And then I got passed at the San Francisco Punchline okay. in San Francisco. Uh, what year was this? This was in 2014. Okay. Uh, I got passed. Actually, I got passed in 2013. Uh, and then I got hired full time at the job in 2014. Yeah. Um, and like when you're passed in the Punchline in San Francisco, uh, because it's uh, owned by Live Nation, 
uh, you can work at all of the Live Nation clubs. Like you're in that. That's rotation. a lot of clubs. Yeah, so it's like a really good, and like you know they only pass you if you have like, you know, if you've shown like you know you've successfully done well on multiple yeah. shows and you've gone there consistently and have like a loyalty to the club. Um, so, so did like, you start touring? Like what happened? No, I I was just like working at the club there. Okay, and um, you know I just working at my day job, um, and just saving up money. You know, saving up money. And uh, eventually my job said, hey, uh, we've had an opening in our Manhattan office. And if you would like a position, uh, we'd like to move you from San Francisco to New York uh, to work in the office there. Fuck yeah. So I was like, okay, fuck yeah. You know, I've been saving this money. Uh, now I can just like, you know, spend it on whatever. Yeah. Because uh, the job was going to, you know, pay for my move. So I packed up all my stuff and I shipped it out to new york i was able to find a place almost immediately um when was this this was in 2018 okay so you um, passed at punchline for five years before yeah i've been working at the punchline uh for like five i've been working at like these clubs and just kind of like building up my act and i was yeah. like regular headline in san francisco and you can only go so far oh yeah in san francisco before is, it's like anybody you know, who comes from a smaller market knows yeah that. It's like the same thing in florida yeah you got to move to either la or new york yeah like th that's like a given it's weird now with the internet and social media the yeah. way it is because i know people who got fought like a big like hundreds of thousands of followers in the smaller areas that we were from and then, right. they, then they moved to new york but it does it tickles me pink when i see them because like they don't know a lot of, like they don't yeah. know know a ton of people and like we were talking about earlier before the mics went on like doing the podcast and stuff i've gotten to know a ton of comics and actors and musicians so it's so funny when i see them because their following is literally a hundred times what mine is but i'm way more comfortable in certain environments than they are yeah. because i know the comics yeah and it's important to make like that kind of and you got to go where the action is yeah. man fuck yeah man like, come on this is new york city i tell people all the time when they when they're like yeah but your rent is this and this and that and like obviously with the financial shit going on yeah i'm like yeah but it's like a comedy festival every night yes yeah, like we were literally sitting outside of the studio and a huge comic that we both know who's very friendly with us just was just walking out of the studio a dear friend yeah and we were just like, hey, what's up, man? And it's like, you can't get that in fucking yeah. Jacksonville. I love Jacksonville. We won't say the name, but we were like very grateful. Mr. Seinfeld, it's so good to see you. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Hey, come on, guys. What's the deal with this <laughs> elevator? Why is it taking so long? I don't want to talk to you too. Why is it called a podcast? You're not in a pod. And it's not a cast. <laughs> it's not going to cast. I'm in a cast. Hello. <laughs> what are we, fishing? <laughs> That's good. Good old Jer. Good old Jer. Good old Jer. Another oh, another New York City peer. Yeah. You know? You never know, dude. I have a bit where I talk about my one-man show, and then I talk about how John Mulaney came out with this, and I was like, we're basically the same guy. Yeah. Two white guys with addiction issues doing comedy in New York. Getting, we're the same Getting person. Asian women pregnant. Huh? We're the same Well. One and the same, baby. <laughs> one and uh, the same. That's what we, we were all just, everyone was mad because it was like, all right, cool. You owned up to your addiction and getting better. Talk about banging the hottie, doggy. Well, also- <laughs> Come on, baby. Talk about cheating on your wife with that's the beauty. The thing. That's huh? the thing. Was the it's so weird. I that's why I like doing this podcast too, is because it's a time capsule. Because yeah. like obviously, uh, people come on and they're in relationships or they're in yeah. certain situations, and then they'll talk about it. And then like six months later, I'll find out that they broke up with that person. And then I go back and listen to the episode. I'm like, oh man, they talked about that person a lot, and now they're not even together. Yeah, dude. I saw. I went down this rabbit hole of John Mulaney on late night talking about like his magnificent wife who's always stood by him and blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. he fucking cheated on her and got someone else's pregnant. Guy builds up his, his fucking wife just to cheat. Yeah, I want to go on record. I hate my girlfriend, if that's the case. Yeah. Huh? Man, I'm saving my marriage right now. <laughs> <laughs> that goofball. Oh, what a, what, a, what a rascal. Yeah. That was a rascal. Come on. So you, you're passing the punchline, then your yeah. company decides to move you to New York. Yeah. And then, so what happens with the punchline? Are you just like, I'm out? No, no, I, I can still go there. I email them my dates and stuff. It's okay. just, it's a, it's, it's more difficult to schedule that time because I have to like coordinate the flight. It used to just be, I used to be like a 15 minute bus ride away yeah, so from it's this like, club. Hey, Joe, can you come in? Yeah. And now I have to, you know, commute no, literally like the furthest flight, apart. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I would have, if, if I, I know I could reach out to people and have stuff lined up. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually scheduled to go back. In March of 2020, hmm. and then you know COVID. COVID. So what you people call COVID? Yeah. I, I'm from Florida, so yeah, they call it a, just cold season. Yeah, I don't know what you guys <laughs> are talking about. It's just a cold. It's the flu. 
drink some bleach, you'll be fine. We probably could have just ridden it out. I mean, that's what we did. Ah, we probably should have just listened to Florida. I mean, you guys you guys are stacked <laughs> on top of you. That's ah, not kidding. We're going to be ah, tagged. We're, fine. we're gonna be tagged for misinformation. Fucking flagged already. Yeah. Fauci still has his grip Demonetize. on YouTube. Demonetize. <laughs> Demonetize it. Uh, so when you get to New York, because you've now yeah. been in New York for five years. Yeah. What like was did did you have to start going to like open mics all over again? Like what happened? I wanted to go to the open yeah. mics. I wanted to kind of get a vibe. You know, I've I and you know the thing I saw was a lot of working comics still go to mics too oh, all the time. You yeah. know, so it's not like oh you're going to an open mic you must not be a good comic. It's like oh you're going to an open mic you must be working on stuff. Yeah, you uh, yeah you know? fucking absolutely man. I, I feel like there's like a stigma with like smaller towns where once you start doing showcases stop you going to do the open, open mics. mics. Yeah. I and don't believe in that. That's not the case at New York at all. Well, I mean, yeah. that's the way it is in Jacksonville. Fucking some of the biggest heavy hitting comics in the Southeast are from Jacksonville and they go to fucking in Daytona and Orlando and like that area. They fucking do mics like five times a week because especially down in that. And I've talked about it before, so I'm sure the listeners are sick of hearing about it. But the, in smaller towns, the mics are like shows because there's not an oversaturation in the market. There's like one comedy club in Jacksonville. So like if it's a Tuesday night and you want to see comedy, you go to the open mic because that's where the comedy is. Yeah. So people see comics and it's it's a good way to work out material. Here it's a little more difficult just because it's all comics. So it's like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck me. No one's going to pay attention. Everyone's on their phone. Yeah. And it you you end up kind of maybe changing because we'll make an audience laugh isn't necessarily we'll make a comic laugh and vice versa. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I forget who said it, but I had a guest on one time that said, uh, if you can make a room full of comics like die laughing, you need therapy, not yeah. an open mic. Like yeah. something's very wrong. That's true. You see like some of those comics, like they take like their video of them at an open mic and they chop it up and post it on the internet. It's like, dude, you're not fucking, come on, dude. I say that sometimes as a joke. Like if there's only like three comics at an open mic, I'll be like, guys, everybody crowd around yeah. the very front. We'll put the camera right behind all of our heads. So Absolutely. it looks like it's packed and then yeah. just die at every punchline. I, I we'll yeah, clip yeah. the shit out of this. I tell them we'll get it in post. Fuck. We'll yeah. get it in post. We'll get it in post. Baby. Don't even worry about it. Fix it in post. Just run it through. We got that laugh track. Use it. Can laughter track two now. Roll it. Hit it. Hit Copy. it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you. Action. Yes. Because you said you had sent me a couple of stories. And yeah. I'm assuming a lot of these happened. The, I want to uh, definitely, I think we're going to end on the DA story. Okay. But I want to talk about the set on acid. Was that in New York? That was San Francisco. Okay. How uh, long were you into comedy? Um, I had been doing comedy for about six years at that point. So okay. I, had, I had known it. Uh, so what we did, uh, me and a, a friend of mine, Christian Reyes, in, shout out, uh, shout out, Christian Reyes. Hopefully he doesn't get in trouble for this, but I don't think he will. Uh, we just took some acid and just had like a day in San Francisco. And what's cool about San Francisco is it's only seven miles by seven miles. It really is a small little yeah city compared to you know that's like literally the size of Manhattan. Yeah, that's you what know, I was gonna say, it's yeah. it's like so you could which walk I mean, in let's be day. honest. That's New York. That's New York. Yeah, it, it really is. Brooklyn is like where you think Fuck New York adjacent. Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody who goes, oh, I'm from New York, and I go where, and I go, they go, oh, Astoria. Shout out to Tracy, my girlfriend, because she's listening. I go, oh, so when you write like a letter, yeah, you put New York, New York, and they go, oh no, I put Astoria, New York, and I go, mm. not New York, not New York. Suck it. They know what they mean. They know what they, but they're they ashamed. They know what we mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't leave the island for anything, and that's Manhattan. No, I'm just only kidding. only Brooklyn. I'd so proud of being like, oh, where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. You know, Brooklyn sometimes Brown. the Bronx too. If you get the up, the oh, like, the Upper Bronx, yeah, yeah Upper, yeah, Bucks. Especially if you're born there. Oh fuck, dude. Nobody, nobody who moved into the Bronx the is like proud to. Yeah. I moved to the Bronx. Like, ah, you fucked up. They, yeah, they go. I moved to the Bronx. You fell on some hard times. Hard times. I, I fucking, you know, lost your job. Lots of startup, huh? <laughs> Now you're in the Bronx. Start a podcast in the Bronx. Yeah. I'm terrible. I'm in the Bronx. Help. <laughs> Help. <laughs> so you're in San Francisco. You yeah. make a day out of it. We make a day. We just took some acid and uh, we started in Golden Gate Park. Okay. Uh, which was a beautiful little area. And uh, we were you're just walking. It. You know, the same the same person who designed uh, Central Park designed Golden Gate Park. I did not know that. God. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, some architect, but yeah, they designed. So it was always a fun vibe. Um, but we ended up like, you know, acids, like one of those, you know, all day kind of trips. Yeah. So like we, eight hours. Yeah, man. So we were like still walking around. We we're kind of winding down our day. Uh, and we were 
walking through this part in like Folsom Street in San Francisco, which is like kind of like a gayer artist community mm-hmm. area of San Francisco. Yeah, you said San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we found like this uh, yoga meditation studio that was also having an open mic. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. So like we were in this area and we were like, oh, look at this. This is so cool. And we knew like a couple of the people uh, and they were like, whoa, what's going on, Joe? I'm like, oh, Christian and I, we took some acid. We're just kind of tripping right now. What's going on? Like, oh, it's like a comedy show at this yoga studio. So like, you know, it's like big open floors or yoga mats all over. So everyone was kind of like stretched out, having a good time. And I was like, this is fucking awesome, man. Like this, I was like, this is fucking awesome, man. Like I was just, my brain was being rewired and it was a lot of stimulation. I didn't even know if it was real or not, you know, because it sounds fake. It sounds fake. It sounds like almost like busted. We're actually fucking policed and you're yeah. in trouble for having fun and doing a victimless drug, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. So How they were like, do, do you want to, do you want to do a set? And I was like, yeah, sure. Cause you've been, you're embedded and entrenched in the community. They know, I, and they I know fucking, yeah, drug. but it was like easy. Go- Dude, I had so much fun. I was talking and I was like, I know what I want to talk about and it's going through my brain, but it's hard for me to articulate it and say it to you all right here in this venue. And I was saying like, I bet this is how people with dementia feel in like their more lucid moments yeah. of like, I thoughts are going through my head, but I'm, I can't articulate exactly what I want to say. And I remember saying, I know this kind of feels like, you know, kind of rambling right now, but I'm saving this set and I'm going to listen to it when I'm 86 and have dementia and I'll know exactly what I'm talking about yeah. as a, a, a 32-year-old on acid. Just crushing. I remember just thinking about that, having a good time. And then I was saying, like, I need to lead everyone in a meditation right now. And everyone, close your eyes. And I went, You know, like Lion King. And then I was saying, like, how cool is it that, you know, in like 1994, there was some white executive trying to sell the Lion King, yeah. the producers. And like, he's just like, I imagine some white kind of business to going, just some fucking white guy doing like, no, it's because they're yeah. in Africa guys. Get yeah. it. Just like a traditional, like African dance, like yeah. really trying to upsell just it. Just really hit yeah. it hard. And like, they loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun, man. Do you still do that joke? No, that's a good bit. Oh, I might bring it back for you. Yeah. The yeah. act out. This is a classic. Uh, again, yeah. <laughs> Just like I mean, you don't have to do the acid part, but you yeah. can just be like, "Listen, did you guys ever think about the Lion King?" Yeah, yeah, that's funny. It was a lot of fun, man. Where did the DA story happen? So San uh, Francisco. Yeah, the DA ah. story was also in. So I was. Um, this was in the Tenderloin. Okay. Very uh, sketchy part of town. This was in like 2009. So this is so. before. No, actually, it was even younger than that. I was still in college at the time. Oh shit! Yeah, I was like a young. So this young is like man. right into comedy. Yeah, so I was like fresh doing comedy. So this was probably like 2005 or six. Okay. Um. So I was doing comedy at. Uh, it was called Our Little Theater in San Francisco. Right. I'll name it. And uh, the owner Siama. Siama uh, of Sia, Our Little Theater. Sia space Ama. Uh, who yeah, basically I mean, ran like a beauty salon and also a comedy venue at night. Yeah, like most uh, bookers. Yeah. She uh she had there was like alcohol there and it was like, oh, you buy a ticket and we can give you alcohol. Yeah, you can't sell it, but they can yeah, give it to they you. They can give it to you. Um and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, like And are you drinking saying, at the time? No, no, I wasn't drinking, but I was like hosting a comedy show. Okay. Um and it was a small thing, like literally it was called Our Little Theater. The theater is about the size of the studio. Get the fuck out of here. Very small. It could seat at most like eight people wildly uncomfortably like sometimes the comics would have to wait out in the street outside of the venue sometimes i would always make the comics wait out in the street if it could only fit eight people yeah and uh but it was in like the tenderloin which like a very sketchy very methy yeah part of san francisco uh so not the fun loving free will kind of thing that you were just at with the yoga right so i was um i was like doing my set i was hosting um and i noticed it was a small crowd like four people i mentioned like you know people that bought a ticket you know you can have alcohol that's here in the beer uh and there were like these two guys to the right that just like weren't laughing at all uh and i was like okay whatever so i brought up the, so first out of the four comment. people yeah there's two guys so half the room is not half laughing. of the room is like dead you know so i'm like oh 50 it's gonna be one of those nights so um out of the four yeah. of you, two of yeah. you are not having a good time. So the uh, the um, 
the owner wasn't there at the time. Siama wasn't there. I, I was hosting it alone. So I go out uh, into the road to. Uh, so you the introduce the first comic yeah, and then go outside. And go outside to bring up the next comic. Uh, those two guys come out and follow me. And they were like, Are you in charge of this place? Are you the owner? And I was like, No, I'm just the host. And he flips open his wallet and shows a badge like, We're the DA. And, you know, this place doesn't have a license to distribute alcohol. Uh, we're going to let you finish the show, but you can't have any alcohol on the premise. And I was like, oh, how am I going to fucking finish hosting the show? God. You know, with this. I'm like, I was like a kid. Like, I had no idea. When you what say DA, on. you mean the district attorney or DEA? Like the uh, like cops? DEA. Like the, the DEA. Or whatever, like the fucking, you know, drug vice. enforcement. Yeah, agency. drug. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was so like they gave me a ticket. God damn. Really? They gave me a fucking ticket. You got busted by the DEA at a comedy yeah. show. At a DEA. And like, it was like, we feel like one of the other comedy venues probably called the cops on them. Yeah, probably. Because like, there's always like feuds going on between these but shitty I don't little comedy that. It's clubs. not like they're fucking taking a ton of business. It can only fit. 10 people i know that's the thing it was just like petty shit between like petty shitty owners neither of whom do come i feel like she might have died during covid hopefully you know so i was like calling her up and i was saying like hey you know like something's you going on it's like, fine they're giving me a ticket and then she was like saying it was my responsibility to pay the ticket so my parent i had to call my parents wait well how did she get off saying it was your responsibility because like she was like what are you doing like you know you were in charge of the venue i'm just there you know she's like i was the owner but you know you're supposed it's to your venue this. i know you know, so I was saying, like, I'm not paying this. So luckily, like, my mom was a paralegal. Yeah. So she knew a ton of lawyers. So they just got it. They got it taken care of. Like, it was no problem. Like, they were, like, the my the lawyer called the judge. And was like, and you was can't like, give this guy a ticket. He was hosting a show. He right. Was and they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is expunged from the record. Damn. Like, no problem. You know, and, like, they were like, how much alcohol was there? And, like, it was just, like, Budweiser's. And, like, there but was- fatties? Any- yeah. And, like, was anyone under oh, the yeah. age of 18? You know, no one, you know, just, like, a ton of stuff. So- yeah. That was, but it was just like one of those things where it's like, you know, just shitty owners Fucking that like pass it on somebody, to, yeah. and like it's everywhere, but it made me like aware. So I didn't really do that venue anymore after that. Were you more aware when you did other venues? Cause we do a I, lot of shows in like bars and stuff, especially in New York. Are it, you like it, more it cognizant it of that? It lowered my expectations, but I really did feel like that was like an outlier of, yeah. of shitty venues. That's true. You know, um, it, and I haven't really encountered, and like, that's not going to happen like the stand. No, you know, but that's what I mean is we do a lot of shows at bars and like parks and stuff like right. that. So it's like, cause I know. To your point, and some of the smaller shows I've done, like in Florida and the Southeast, it's weird because you'll walk in, like we do an awesome show at this place called Paper Root. Shout out to Paper Root in St. Augustine. It's fucking a sick show, but it's a clothing store. And then they have a giant like room in the back that we do comedy at. It's one yeah. of my favorite venues in uh, Florida, but it's just one of those weird things where it's like, can we like have people back here? Like, do they do people, like? I don't know the booze situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know any of that because I'm just performing and I'm you know sober, so I don't really care. But at the same time, it's like I don't know what's really going on here. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I know it's a clothing store in the front, but I don't know what the fuck's going on in the back. Yeah. And we run into a lot of those kind of shows, especially up here, where it's like I don't fuck. But like you said, it's not. It's not. That's got to be an outlier. Because I've never ran into someone where they're like the owner's like, yeah, it's fucking all you, and like walks away. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a very San Francisco experience, and but like that venue like was con- persistent, like they still stayed open for a while. That's crazy, man. It was just, but it was like such a small venue, like people always felt ripped off coming in. Yeah, but it forced me to do crowd work. It, it forced me to improve as a comic in that sense. Yeah. You know, like being in such a small room like that. One time we had like the audience was just one guy and it was a dude celebrating his birthday by himself. Yeah. By himself. And he was like, I just thought I'd come to a comedy show. Aww. And I'm like, Oh, you fucked up. But we went out drinking with him afterwards. Did you cry? Did, was it like fun? Yeah. It was Did like, it was time? fun. He had a good time. He was easy going. We drank some beers yeah. that he brought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we switched over to BYOB. You know, that's the, that's uh, the move. Yeah, but then at one point he went to the bathroom and it was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to pause the show, yeah. you know, while it's like in the middle yeah. of a setup and he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's like, oh. it was like between like the yeah, punchlines. Yeah, we'll get know. back to it. Yeah. It's like, go, okay. Yeah, we, we can, uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll pick up right where you left off, you know? <laughs> dude, this was so much fun. This was a fucking blast, dude. Thanks for coming on. Uh, plug everything one more time. The podcast, social media, all yes. of it. 
Uh, as always, you can find me on social media at Joe W. Gorman. That's across all platforms uh, except LinkedIn. Don't find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and then uh, my podcast, Locker Room Talk, with Matt Marin and Bobby Sheehan. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash just some locker room talk. It would mean the world to me. I'd love to quit my job. Hell yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, brennantcomedy.com. I got dates coming up, uh, some in New York, and then I'll be in Philly in October. So Ooh. check out the website, and we will talk to you all next week. Peace.